men should act like men, and light beer should taste like beer. Uh, light beer, please. Sure. Do you care how it tastes? Nah, I don't care how it tastes. Okay, well, when you start caring, put down your purse and I'll give you a Miller Lite. Continuing. I don't care, I just got one of these. Well, that's the second unmanly thing you've done today. <laughs> Whoa, oh. that's not a Miller Lite. Oh, light beer is light beer. Um, no, Miller Lite has more taste. I'll strike two. One more, I'm taking your man card. Everybody, I'm Caroline King, and it's your girl Ashley Powers, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. What we want to do here at Bitch Beer is shine a light on the women who brew, market, distribute, serve, and love beer in the hopes that their stories will inspire the women and men who haven't taken the plunge. Craft beer doesn't have to be scary. Very rarely will you come across a gatekeeping hipster who asks questions like a troll who quizzes your nerd knowledge once he sees you in a Star Wars shirt. But why isn't it more openly female-friendly? Craft beer ads are rife with burly men lugging 50-pound bags of hops, and women make cameos as eye candy. To those on the outside, especially women, it can feel like a boys' club where no level of disguise will get us in. We hope by the end of this season you feel not only welcome, but unabashedly unafraid to drink craft. It's been a month, and we haven't been able to stop thinking about Dames and Dregs Beer Festival. Besides sipping brews, collecting merch, and meeting lots of awesome new people, we had the honor of moderating a panel about business. Jen Price of Atlanta Beer Boutique, Molly Gunn of Porter Beer Bar, and Carly Wiggins of Southbound Brewing all shared some insightful and invaluable advice and tips on how to start and run a business. This episode is unedited, audience questions included, so it'll be just like you were there more than ever. I mean, we wish we were there still. Check, check, check. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Are you guys enjoying this? Fucking awesome festival. Yeah. Woo! So much beer, so little time. My gosh, on a scale of one to America, how drunk are you? Woo! And, and I apologize retroactively for that joke. I love you so much. So we are Bitch Beer Podcast. I'm Ashley Powers. I am Caroline King. And we are going to be moderating, moderating this panel about business and beer and ladies and beer and business. Will you ladies introduce yourselves, please? Sure. Um, uh, hi, I'm Molly Gunn, uh, co-owner of the Porter Beer Bar in Little Five Points. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are celebrating uh, 10 years this year. Yes! Woo! I'm Jen Price. I'm author of The Chick's Guide to Beer and a future bottle shop owner. The Atlanta Beer Boutique is my, my baby. <laughs> Soon to come, hopefully in East Atlanta. And I'm Carly Wiggins. Um, I'm the marketing and sales director for Southbound Brewing Company, also the co-founder, and I was previously the membership chair and president of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. This is such an amazing opportunity right now because we have three different facets of the beer industry right in front of us. So it's going to be a really good sort of talk to get the different different perspectives. You know, you've got the hospitality side and then you have like the brewing side and then also for the craft beer store. Also being a new up and coming business as well is really exciting. So we're getting it at all levels. <laughs> Um, so, uh, just to kind of get us started, um, one thing that um, kind of gets people tripped up sometimes is just having an idea to start a business and then actually putting it into production to make a business. What sort of suggestions do you have from getting that idea to hitting the ground running with a business? 
Sorry, okay. <laughs> um, so I uh, am a planner, uh, which is how you end up, uh, you know, following checklists all your life. And, and, and when you rip off that checklist and you throw it away, you feel, you know, utter complete linen and satisfaction. I feel that. <laughs> so, um, yes, so I'm a big fan of the, writing the business plan and, you know, understanding all the various options um, out there. But I also encourage people to uh, be willing to pivot. Um, you know, my original idea was not a beer bar, but... Um, I've always loved beer, and when I found that space in Little Five Points, I knew that was what was going to fit there and be the best thing. And so um, I think it's important to keep your options open. And then also, I think as you grow, you find out really what your market is. When we opened the Porter, we had 100 bottles and 25 drafts, and it was really our customers that allowed us to grow and, um, and also expand our focus in some ways and narrow it in other ways. I mean, there's a lot of customers we don't serve because we don't serve non-independently owned craft beers. Um, we only serve independently owned craft beers, I should say. So. <laughs> I think my, my story may be a little bit different. So uh, my goal is to open a craft beer shop, right? And so I've been working on that for like five very long years. <laughs> but it, it was important to me. And I, I didn't have this perspective. A friend of mine kind of pushed me into just starting something. And so the first thing I did was started to host uh, craft beer tastings and pop-up events. And it was in, uh, I didn't think that it, that would be enough because my goal is a store, and it didn't dawn on me to at least just do something. And so I'd say the first step is to just find maybe a derivative of your dream or your goal, maybe the, the, the precursor to what that thing is, and just do it. Just start. It really is a lot of power and a lot of, um, I think, um, strength in just doing something. So. Um, and I absolutely agree with um, both the things you guys said, and um, I'm a big planning research person as well, but I really believe that really just diving into something and trying to uh, gain some experience first. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to start working at Sweetwater as a college job and fell in love with the beer industry there and, you know, was able to work around doing a few different things. And so gaining that experience was really insightful when it came time to actually open our own facility years down the road. And I think sometimes uh, the beer industry is awesome. Everybody has a lot of fun in it, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize how much goes into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. getting that little bit of experience beforehand is always helpful. Yeah. So especially in business, sometimes you don't gain the knowledge unless you've been through it yourself. So if someone were to come up to you today and say, I'm trying to start a business, what's something you could tell them that you wish you knew beforehand? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Okay, so for real. So I am a city planner by trade. Right? So my, I have a nine to five job, by the way. I work um, for a company called Sycamore Consulting. We do transportation plans and project management and outreach. And so I... Honestly, um, I've never worked in a retail space before in my life. And not to say that I know, I, so I will know what I'm doing when I open my shop. Just, I'm not, I'm not setting myself up for someone who doesn't know. But I know people, I know beer, and I just feel like passion means a whole lot. But I just, um, I forgot what the original question was. I wish I knew everything. Fair, fair. I don't know if I have a specific thing. I mean, I, um, you know, I think 
uh, I think it's okay to open a business for one reason. So I opened a business uh, because I didn't like the way that I had been managed in other restaurants, and I wanted to be, you know, the best boss possible. And um, and I, I still want to be that, but I think that you know, as time grows, you you know, change and you evolve, and you gain other goals. And you know, I. I Craft beer has brought so much to my life that I really didn't anticipate when I first opened this bar. Um, and the people that I've met through it have been, you know, incredibly fulfilling. And so I kind of wish I knew that that change was going to occur. But at the same time, like, you know, I'm so happy that I did what I did. Yeah, I don't think I have a lesson. <laughs> no morals. Do you have anything to... <laughs> we are just like, whatever. Um, I guess uh, I wish one of the things that we probably knew was um, a little more financial. Um, you know, I mean, you think about... You know, you can always say this is the plan, um, but you never really know what's going to happen. There's so many <laughs> things that can go wrong. Um, and, you know, for us, you know, when I have talked to new people opening breweries, I say take whatever amount you think it's going to be and just triple it. You know, you're going to need that, that extra money. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I mean, we had a situation to where we were dealing with the city and had to get legislation passed and, uh, you know, burn through all of our operating capital that entire time that we were trying to get that passed. So we started basically at zero. And had we have known to, you know, put a little bit more into that, that would have been pretty helpful. <laughs> that for sure. So uh, I think one thing, especially just as women, but just kind of as an, an entrepreneur in general, is just having mentors and having like a good team around you. Did you have any mentors that inspired you when you were first starting things out? Yes, I definitely did. Um, so I have to give a lot of credit to uh, Delia Champion. She started the Flying Biscuit, which you guys may uh, have heard of, in 1993. Um, and uh, she was a very successful businesswoman. She only started two locations, but she managed to sell it to a franchise company. Um, the one that owns Moe's Burritos. And uh, they have opened locations all over the Southeast. Um, and I met Delia kind of on happenstance. We were both consulting on a restaurant opening in Midtown. And she was like, man, I really like the way you think. Like, I, uh, I think these guys don't know what they're doing and we should, um, you know, you should come help open Flying Biscuit franchises. And I was like, okay. So I got the opportunity to literally open eight restaurants right before I opened my own restaurant. Um, because of Delia's Champion's encouragement. And when I found the space in Little Five Points, my husband, who's our chef, um, was like, the kitchen's too small. There's no way we can put out food from this kitchen. You know, he had worked in fine dining mostly. So we spent an afternoon in the Flying Biscuit kitchen, <laughs> which I don't know if you've seen in Candler Park, but is literally 10 feet by two. <laughs> and um, watched them put out, you know, many thousands of dollars worth of food on a Saturday afternoon and convinced him that the space was good. And Delia was like, look, you know, I can't put my name on anything, but you just tell that landlord, it's okay, I gotcha. <laughs> Whatever that means in New Jersey, Delia speak. Um, <laughs> that's where Delia's from, is New Jersey. So, you know, just in case you were doubting her ass kicking qualities. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, it was, it was really her belief in me that allowed me to, you know, sign a lease uh, for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for many years and believe that I could open this restaurant and make it happen. So um, if you have the opportunity to encourage other women or if you're looking for encouragement and someone's not giving it to you, turn around and find someone else because um, it's really important to have that person who can tell you straight up, this is a good idea, this is a bad idea, you should take this space, you shouldn't, you know, whatever the idea may be because, um, you know, it was invaluable to me and I, you know, the Porter would not be here without Delia Champion, so I appreciate awesome. that help. Yeah. 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 Amen to that. 
Yeah, mentors are cool. They're very, no, they're super important. But I, I would say that, um, like, starting out um, as someone who does not know a lot, like I said, about the retail space, I went to uh, my sister, who actually has worked in retail for decades. And um, so my shop is the Atlanta Beer Boutique. My shop to be is the Atlanta Beer Boutique. Yeah. And it will truly be a boutique. And what I mean by that is the, the personalized attention, the one-on-one -on -one sort of consultation. And I went to my sister, who's worked in this space, for 20 years to talk to her, and it's, it was in clothing and apparel, but that doesn't change sort of the, the tenets or the rules behind what a boutique actually offers. So I talked to her at the very beginning when I was crafting my vision about, you know, what are some of the hallmarks of a boutique? What do I need to include to make sure that this translates into beer and creates this space where folks feel catered to and it feels special and not so big and cavernous and kind of scary. And that's the whole goal behind Atlanta Beer Boutique is to take the fear out of beer through providing personalized and one-on-one -on -one attention. So like my mentor happened to be my sister, someone in my family who is not in beer, but there are folks, give it up for my sister, that's right. <laughs> there she is in the second row doing the emoji hands. <laughs> but... So your mentor may be closer than you think is what I'm saying. It may not be someone who is in your particular field or your industry, but it could be someone closer, close to you who knows something about what you're trying to do in another realm. So, um, I think that you know, one of the great things about the craft beer industry is that um, everybody's really willing to help each other out. And um, starting off, you know, having a position, even just, like I said, doing tours and stuff at Sweetwater is what I started off doing. And, you know, when I was really interested in learning more, everybody was very open to allowing me to come in. And, I mean, my God, they used to let me come in and sit on production days and look at bottling line efficiencies and things like that. And the greatest thing about that is, you know, I've still been able to use a lot of those people that I've met along the way as a resource or, you know, a soundboard to throw ideas back and forth with. Um, and there's not a lot of industries that can say that, you know, that you can go directly to your competitors and talk to yeah. them about, you know, what's going on. Um, and so, you know, I think it's been really fortunate to have access to those people and that everybody's willing to do that. So, um, it's 2018. We live in the modern era. Um, just how important is social media to running your business? It's all I have at this point, honestly. <laughs> it is everything for me. I don't have a budget. I don't have any money to, like, do this kind of stuff. I can't hire... Right? I cannot hire an ad agency. I can't even hire like an intern right now. <laughs> so social media is, is all that it's all that I have. It's everything. It it has branded me. It's the way that I get the word out about everything that I've done, all my events. It, I mean I can't say enough about how important it has been to, to my business as a startup who has very little capital and but that needs to get the word out about the stuff that I'm doing. Social media is incredibly important because it's free and a great uh, platform, but if you are considering starting your own business, you also need to make sure, if you are the person doing social media, that you have a filter. <laughs> not everyone does. True. Not everyone does. And if you know that about yourself, you need to not be the person doing social media for your business. <laughs> are you speaking about yourself, Molly? <laughs> I, I have a fabulous filter. <laughs> Now, there's a reason <laughs> Ashley does our social media. I can't. I'll just yell at people. No, I, but it's also important if you're of a certain age, which I am, and don't understand things, that you just have someone younger and more fabulous do it for you. Still can't figure out how to... Instagram. Working on it. But it's very important. That's the most important. No, I mean, I can You really post. can't Instagram? I don't understand. You don't it. understand. I, get the picture up. I don't have my own Instagram either. 
Just the no. There's like 12 <laughs> filters. What am I going to shout out to the fabulous young people? My general manager does my Instagram. Apparently, it's more important than Facebook, I've been told. So I just yes, yeah, let, leave them it in is. charge of that. Yes, let the professionals do their job. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for us, um, I, at social media is pretty much everything. If, and uh, if we're looking at any sort of advertising, if we can't trade beer for it, then it's probably not going to happen. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's how we like to work. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, so like we have a great girl who does all of our social media stuff, but I think one of the big important things is like if you're having somebody else do that for you, you need to make sure that you have a uniform voice with that if lots of people have access to it. Um, and even if it's just something like you come up with a list of, of you know, key words that need to be used. I mean, the girls who are doing it for me, I tell them it needs to sound like it's coming out of my mouth, basically. Um, and so just making sure that it's consistent across the board is huge. Nice. Uh, one other thing, especially with people who are getting getting started with a business or if you're more established, what would you say are up to three of your most important resources to utilize when you're getting started? I mean, if you're starting a restaurant, the Georgia Restaurant Association is a great resource. Um, they can help you out in terms of what the regulations are for whatever area you're going into, so on and so forth. They also... Um, uh, lobby for the restaurant industry. They're one of the reasons that we are going to be allowed to sell alcohol starting at 11 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Yes! 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 Um, uh, we still have to vote on that, though, so please show up in November. Show up at the polls what are you and doing? vote for the brunch bill. Yes, city, city the of brunch Atlanta. Bill. <laughs> we still need to vote on this. So please, please support us. But yes, I think they're a great resource. I highly recommend joining the Georgia Restaurant Association if you're opening a restaurant or bar. I've been using the Small Business Development Center. Have y'all ever heard of that? So, yeah, right? And, and Invest Atlanta. So UGA has a Small Business Development Center. It's like they're a program um, geared towards helping small businesses like us um, write business plans, get free consultation. I got, like, free forecasting and data for my projections um, in my business plan. And they have offices at all the different universities in Georgia. So the one I go to, because I live in Atlanta, is at Georgia State. Woo! All right. Go GSU, Panthers. That's right. So the SBDC, it's a free service, and they offer, like, any, any and everything you would need as a small business. Um, Invest Atlanta is another alternative, another option. They're right downtown. They offer um, capital um, opportunities to people, depending on your industry. I don't, we don't apply because if you sell, if more than half of your sales come from alcohol, you can't use their services. So I'm like, whatever. But <laughs> so I can't use them. But somebody could, if your thing, it may not be just beer. It could be, you know, whatever. Um, so and that's another resource I would, I would. Um, consider using. And then another one is at Kennesaw State University, they have a women's like business entrepreneurial center. And they focus on women who want to um, start businesses or who need support in some way, shape or form. And they have free seminars and workshops about accounting and marketing and brand, all kinds of stuff. So there's so many like free resources out here. But those are the three that I would recommend. Invest Atlanta, the Small Business Development Center, and I can't remember the exact name, but it's like the Women's Center at Kennesaw State University. That's amazing. Moms, we're about to change your life with this news. Finding a babysitter has never been easier with Atlanta's fastest growing babysitting company called USIT. USIT is Atlanta's on-demand babysitting app that connects pre-vetted and background-checked college students to moms in need of sitters. 
If you need a date night sitter, consistent sitter, or have a last minute need, you sit has got you covered with an exclusive offer only for bitch beer listeners. By sending the code hashtag bitch beer to admin at usit.care, you will get your first hour of babysitting for free. Download the app on the Apple Store or Google Play and learn more about USIT on their website at www.usit.care. Um, on the production side of things, um, you know, I think having access to data is really huge, and the Brewers Association is a great resource for that. Um, you know, we were lucky enough to have Bart Watson, who's the chief economist, come down and talk to us not too long ago, and, you know, he's just has so much knowledge. Um, and, you know, we left there just kind of like, wow, we need to kind of step back and take a look at things. I mean, everybody from the Guild was there. And that's the other thing is the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. Um, you know, I mean, it has taken a ton of work to get where we are. And just for anybody who's looking to open things up to have access to information about, um, you know, all the regs. I mean, there's a ton of things that are changing right now. And, um, you know, people come in and, you know, Department of Agriculture is a great example. You know, we deal with them all the time, and it's something that's relatively new for them to be really coming into breweries frequently. And a lot of people have never dealt with them before, but so the guild has the resources to be able to say, hey, like, these are the things they're going to be coming to look for. This will help you prepare for that. Um, and so, you know, Nancy's put together, she's the executive director of the guild, and she's put together a really great handbook that we're able to pass out to additional breweries as they're coming on. So those two are huge right there. Um, and then I just think, you know, working with your peers, seeing what they have going on, what issues are they facing, because things are always changing and evolving. Um, and so just being able to kind of throw those things back and forth and get information to them is really helpful. Awesome. That's awesome. So getting to some more specific questions, Molly. <laughs> it's a quiz. No. Uh, you, are, <laughs> you are in the hospitality industry, so you sort of have to have your finger on the pulse of what people want, but also getting them to branch out and try new things. How do you go about doing that? So it's a daily challenge at the Porter Beer Bar. Somebody walks in and says, I would like a Bud Light. And we say, <laughs> we're sorry. Here's your. <laughs> no, we do not have Bud Light. Uh, and we're like, here's your jar of water. Is that not close enough? <laughs> um, <laughs> No, no, we're very nice. Yep. We're very we nice about it. <laughs> because I don't want them to just drink water. I want them to find a beer that they love and say, oh man, I didn't know about this awesome craft beer that now I love and I can't live without. So I say, you know, here is our Pilsner, our local delicious Pilsner on draft or whatever it may be. I help, we want to help people find that person because that person is a repeat customer if they can find something they love. And ideally, if they can find something that they love and they can't get anywhere else, <laughs> then they come back to the Porto Beer Bar. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a challenge because we say no a lot at the Porter. Uh, to people who want these beers that we don't have. And so we try and say yes in a lot of other ways, meaning we give tastes of things on draft so that you don't have to risk spending $8 on a you know, six-ounce beer that you've never heard anything about before and you don't feel like you know, searching on your phone for the reviews. Yeah, we'll give you a taste. It's okay. If you don't like it, you know, we'll find you a beer that you do like. Um, so that's incredibly important to us because that is hospitality is not only, um, you know, embracing the people that walk in the door and are wearing the McKellar or Evil Twin t-shirt or whatnot. Um, you are also embracing the people that wandered in, that are tourists, that were like, oh, you know, I wanted to eat at that place with the giant skull, the vortex, but they were busy. <laughs> so 
I just wandered in and now I don't understand why I can't get my, you know, my Miller Coors product. So because those are, you know, also your customers. So you would, you would like them to come in and have a great time and stay. Now that being said, we definitely fire a certain part of the population. If you cannot live without your Budweiser and you swear you know exactly how it's different than Miller Lite and nothing else will do, you know, you're not my customer. And I think that's okay too. And people need to embrace that as well if that is not who you are trying to serve. Because you can't do everything for everyone. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, we've got a question for you, Jen. Okay. okay, so you are in such a unique position right now because you are at the beginning. You're like getting everything going. It's really exciting. So one thing that can be hard for people when they're starting out is staying motivated and keeping their eye on the prize. Like what steps do you take to stay motivated in this like very, this, this time right now? You can see me doing these things again. <laughs> I'm, I'm seriously, this isn't a podcast. No. This is live. <laughs> that you can see me make these faces. Okay, your question? <laughs> but no, legit, like, we're all so excited for the Beer Boutique yeah. to open. I'm basically going to live there. So, if you want to... Thank you. Thank you. So, so how do I stay motivated? Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Beer is the... <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Number one answer. Um, I, so that... Um, I also have, I have, we talked about mentors earlier. In addition to my, my very close mentors, I have a mentor that I meet with on the phone because he moved to Alabama um, on a two, uh, is that bi-monthly when you meet every two weeks? That's yes. bi-monthly, right? Yes, ma'am. I get it. Semi-monthly. Thank you. We talk on the phone on a very regular basis. Um, and then I have a, I try to keep a very strict schedule at, and every day in the evening, no matter what is happening in my life. So I have a full nine to five job. I'm a city planner, like I said earlier. So I have to do like this beer stuff in my spare time. And so it is hard when I come home from a full day of work and I'm not like as fresh as I am. Like my sweet spot is like 10 a.m. If I could do beer stuff at 10 a.m., like I'd rock it out, but I'm at work. So, and it's not really cool to be doing that at work. Um, so I, when I come home, I have to keep a very strict schedule about the things that I'm going to do that night. And I write it out probably two days in advance, like two days of a schedule. So for me, like routine, boil that down to say routine, kind of helps me stay motivated. So there are times when you're not motivated, but I read a quote one time that said, when you're not, that's when discipline kicks in. When you're not motivated, you have to be disciplined. And that keeps you going when those, in those moments when you're like, I don't want to do this and... Not that I don't want to do it, but like I'm tired or I got like three no's this week about stuff I wanted to do or my numbers aren't working and I'm not going to be profitable for five more years. Like, how do you even make that make sense? Like, so I'm going to quit a good paying job and a good paying job, as my mom or dad would say, and then start a, a business and then be broke. So those numbers in the, it's like, what? <laughs> So just like, I, so discipline, I boil that down and say discipline, I think is the one thing that kind of, it's not motivation, but it keeps me going in those moments when I'm not motivated. And then having just good people around you who can be like, girl, you got this. Yeah. I love you. I'm your cheerleader. And hey, Jen, you got this. What I got? I love you. I'm I got your cheerleader. this. I got this girl. You. Yes. Thank you, bro. You got it. <laughs> yes. So Carly. <laughs> Tell us about how Southbound Brewery got started and, and what you had to go through to get it where it is today. 
Um, so uh, my business partner, Smith, and I uh, grew up together, and we've been childhood friends. Um, we took swimming lessons together when we were three years old. So yeah, his parents still live right down the street from my parents, and we kind of took the same path together. Um, working at Sweetwater, we left Sweetwater to go open up Westbrook, set up their front and back of house. And at that point in time, we'd gone from something such a large company to where it was just he and I and then the owner of Westbrook. Um, we really realized, you know, it's time for us to do it on our own. This is something that we can do. Um, and you really got to get in the nitty gritty of it when you're like down there every day and, yeah. you know, it's just a few people. Um, so, you know, we started looking for locations. Savannah looked like the perfect place to us. There weren't any production breweries there, and uh, Moon River was there, but as you know, like the laws in Georgia, production, production breweries and brew pubs are very different. Um, and so we ended up settling on that, um, and of course, you know, writing a business plan and fundraising, um, although I do wish we'd fundraise a little bit more. <laughs> um, Always? Yeah. Always. Um, but yeah, I mean, and so, you know, just going around and talking to people and figuring out, is this the right place for us? And, you know, doing the research to see, you know, I mean, like I said, without another brewery being there, we said, this is a coastal city, it's a port city, you have school here, it's a lots and lots of tourism, they get millions of people come each year. Um, so basically just all of that. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. This has been so fun. Okay, so last question from us, and then we'll move on to question and answer from the audience. What is your favorite beer? Oh. Right now. Right now. Right now. I know it always changes. <laughs> it does always change. Uh, recently, I've been drinking a lot of uh, Bird's Fly South Rustic Sunday. It's a mm. very easy drinking Saison. It's very hot outside. Um, it's a go-to. It's not sour at all now. I know sour is very popular, but you, you can drink a lot of that. So uh, that's, that's what I've been enjoying recently at home. At the second. Existential no. crisis over there, Jen. <laughs> My answer normally is the beer that I'm drinking right now. That's my favorite oh, beer. That's like the best I'm beer. empty right now. Um, I've so been, clearly we need to wrap right, this up. Right. Um, before I came here, though, today, I had a beer by Riverwatch, who's here today. I don't know if you've met them, but they're a mother-daughter brewery from Augusta, which is, like, ridiculous. The mom is a colonel. Right? So she's a badass. So just go meet them. But I, I, I drank Hippies Use the Side Door, which is their... <laughs> That's so Is clever. that their Saison? I'm looking at Samantha because she was there on the tour with me. It's their Saison, nice. which I'm not normally a fan of Saisons, but this one is very well done. So that I, I would, I'm going to have to say that because I don't, yeah, that's my answer. Awesome. It's um, such a hard question. Um, yeah. You know, I kind of think, I'd say probably the beer that I've been drinking the most frequently, uh, my beach beer, um, is I've been drinking a lot of Sequench from Dogfish. I know it's a bigger mm. brewery, but you can't fault them for being big and successful, it's but so it's just so crushable, and they uh, recently yeah. started doing those giant cans, so taking those to the beach is pretty great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're huge. They're like 22 yeah. cans. Yeah. Oh, I like those. So I've definitely been drinking a lot of that, just because, you know, easy drinking, crushable on the beach. I mean, you can't help yourself. So awesome. no pressure. Does anybody have any questions for these ladies? Ashley has give the you travel mic. mic, so she can if, come over to you. Yes. yes. I am. I'm coming. And then also, everyone, so I don't know if we said this before, but uh, Bitch Beer Podcast, we are recording this right now, and this will be an episode that will come out later. So you are going to be on the episode. Woo! All right. This is a question from Molly. Do you ever get overwhelmed with the amount of beer that you offer at the Porter? <laughs> I don't think there is too much beer. <laughs> um, 
So the beer market itself is overwhelming, for sure. I sometimes look into my cooler at the number of samples that have been dropped off in a single day, and I'm like, how many livers do they think I have? <laughs> um, <laughs> but luckily, I have fabulous uh, assist, uh, staff, volunteer staff, that help me taste all the beer. Um, <laughs> but... Um, so I'm not overwhelmed by my number of beers, but the general beer market is quickly, rapidly becoming overwhelming, which is great and terrifying, but that's why we need more stores to help us, because I can't... <laughs> that's right. I can't, it's I can't true, though. I, all, I volunteer so. as tribute to be your beer taster. <laughs> is that, are you, like, hiring? I mean, are you looking for volunteers? Are you recruiting? Like, what's the deal? How do we get do I sign to up? be... We'll get on that. We'll talk. Okay, we'll talk. My... Great. Anybody else? Oh, and tell us your name as well when you uh, ask your question. Please. My name's Amanda, and what do you do when you find men explaining your job to you? <laughs> the mansplainers. Oh, it's okay. How do you deal with the mansplaining? Do you want to take that? Smile and uh, nod. I bet you get that. <laughs> I bet you get a lot of that. Um, well, um, you know. <laughs> Let it out, girl. Um, I'm kind of known as a little bit of a bull in a china shop, and so um, if if you're explaining something to me, and I'm I'm all ears if it's something to, I'm all ears absolutely um, if you're trying to be you know constructive and actually help me with something, um, but if you're just going to be negative towards me, um, I'm just not interested in hearing it, and so. Um, but so, you know, basically just kind of like putting my foot down and saying, you know, thank you, but also that's not necessary. I mean, I know what I'm doing right now. If you want to actually sit down and have a meeting about this and go through things, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I, I've, honestly, like there are some times that that happens, but I've been really fortunate with my team at the brewery that that does not happen within house at all, you know? That's awesome. So. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes. Jen in the middle? Yep. Jen, so will you tell us a little bit about what the boutique will be like? Yes. Yes, everything. Thank you. It's going to be like everything. So <laughs> the Atlanta Beer Boutique, and my dream concept is a retail space and sort of a community learning space. So on the retail side, it would be bottled and canned beer for you to pick up and take home and um, other things that go along with it like glassware. Um, I like apparel. I've met a dude out there who makes like soaps from beer so a true boutique so you, your main product which is the beer and then the other sort of accessories that you could use to go with it maybe books maybe coasters maybe posters um, I want to have a very small sort of um, gourmet market in there as well so it'll be packaged things like cheeses and meats that you could take home to pair with your beer maybe like spice blends or maybe even chocolates to have with your saison or, sorry your stout that you're having for a dessert that night um, but adjacent to that, I really, I really love like educating people. Um, a, a part of my mission um, and through my book, The Chick's Guide to Beer, really is to sort of um, educate and expose people to beer and not just drinking it, but to like really truly experiencing it. So the, 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 the learning space will be a space where we can do like workshops and classes. I'm going to um, install a very small pilot brewing system so folks can come homebrew on Saturdays and rent the space if they don't have the equipment to do so. I live, right? Yeah. For us city dwellers, I live in like 800 square feet. And it's not enough space to brew, store, and condition beer. But if I had a space to go to and do it on a Saturday, I'd totally do that, right? Mm. 
So that's what I'm going to do in that space. It'll be like a community. What you say, girl? Right. Where is your backyard? Okay, maybe location too. We'll talk. Yeah. So the goal is to create a retail space, but also like a, I see it like a community space, really, like a place where folks can explore beer. I feel like that's sort of a missing link in a lot of retail shops. I take my sort of cues from the wine world. If you go into like a wine shop, they have, it's a lot more welcoming, I think, sometimes, and a lot more sort of engaging. And, um, and that's what I'm really into, is kind of engaging with people around this thing that we all love, beer. I think we have time for one more. Anybody? Yeah. Yes, Steph. <laughs> Hi, my name is Stephanie. I am always trying to. Hi. I'm Hi. always trying to expand my beer knowledge. So I know Jen, you have a book, but what other books would you recommend for someone that's trying to expand their beer knowledge? Don't, don't read, just drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer? That is a t-shirt. Who said that? That's a t-shirt. Don't read, just drink. I love that. Thank you guys so much for coming. Ladies, before we finish, tell everybody where they can... Tell everybody where they can follow you and how they can support you. Oh, social media. At the Porter Beer Bar is our... Uh, handle. Follow us on Instagram and all of those many fabulous social medias that I'm not in charge of. (laughs) So I have a lot. So I have the Chick's Guide to Beer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and then ATL or Atlanta Beer Boutique on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm also up here, up the hill with t-shirts, books, and the sign-up, and all kinds of stuff. Just come talk to me. Mm -hmm. Right up there. And so we're at Southbound Brews on all of our social media, and um, we also have a newsletter uh, that we send out about events and upcoming beers and everything that you can sign up on our website, our website, southboundbrewingco.com. Um, and then we're obviously right around the corner slinging beers over there, too. So come yeah. on by and I'll talk yeah. to you about the beers. So we child. are Bitch Beer Podcast at Bitch Beer Podcast. If you want to hear more from Molly and Jen, they have been on our podcast, and we would love to have Carly, Carly soon. Yes, please. Thank you guys so much for coming. Thank Enjoy you. Dates and Drag! Also, come see us. We'll give you a sticker for the podcast. Oh, yeah. What, what? Thank you, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. And thanks again to Dames and Dregs, our three panelists, and everyone who came out to watch. Keep your eyes peeled for Dames and Dregs 2019. Oh, yeah, it's happening. We'll be back in two weeks with another lady in beer, and we hope you'll join us. Cheers. Cheers.